0: your Bibles today, um, turn with me please to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, and this is a precious, they're all precious and they're in every way, but the gospel of Luke, I'm, I'm really so glad that the Lord has directed us to that book, and I believe he has. I, I believe that with all my heart, um, and 45 years and plus now, I have to say to the glory of God, I have never come to the pulpit without praying and asking for the Lord's direction, and I believe every message that he has directed, and if I've ever made I've made mistakes, and I have, it's not because he didn't direct me, it's because my, you know, this humanity that we have, but anyway, Luke 7, and let's pick up, let's go to verse 36, I want to read a few verses um, and then we'll pray, then we we'll get into the message for this morning. And uh, one, uh, one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. And when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And let's skip down to verse 48. We're going to cover this all. But verse 48, And he, he," that is Jesus, said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your word says that being therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We rejoice in the salvation that Jesus Christ has provided and offers to all those who will realize their need of Christ, realize their sinful and lost condition, and will turn to him in faith believing. And I do pray for the help of the Holy Spirit this morning in going through this passage of God's word. And so, Lord, help us, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. One of the things the Bible says in verse 37, Behold, a woman in the city which was a... Sinner. Now we're going to come to that in just a moment, that, but there are obviously there's three main characters in this passage of scripture. There is, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a Pharisee, and there's a sinner woman. All right. Now I'm not one of those that believes we always need to be looking inside ourselves. You know that there's all kinds of things of that, but but I do want to ask a couple of questions today to every one of us number one, how do you view yourself this morning? How do you view yourself? Um, do you, can you identify with what Mary A. Kidder wrote in her great hymn, Is My Name Written There? Now, as we just sang a few minutes ago, the second verse of that hymn begins, Lord, Lord, my sins they are many like the sands of the sea but thy blood O my savior is sufficient for me we also sang there is a fountain can I remind you please of the words to the second verse which by the way if I had to say a favorite verse of a hymn that's mine alright the dying thief rejoiced to see That fountain in his day. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. Do we see ourselves that way? Do we see ourselves that our sins are like the sands of the sea? Or are we we like so many, well, I guess I've made a mistake or two in my life. Sorry, folks, that's not repentance. That's not acknowledgement of sin. And I, in fact, if I'm talking to somebody, can I give you a little hint here? If I'm talking to somebody trying to give them the gospel, I don't go any further. If, till they, if they're that way, I say, well, I, in my mind, I'm saying, well, you're not savable yet. <laughs> you know, you're not ready. You know, But a lot of people just go right through it, and they pray after me, and now they pronounce them saved, all right? Um, but they have to understand I believe, with all my heart, every person who's ever been saved has come to see themselves as vile, like the hymn writer, and uh, or those, you know, like Mary Kidder. My sins—they are many, like the sand of the sea. And we—I've done this number before. Um, but would you admit today? I mean, if you I, that you would you say you probably sin once a day? That's, 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 uh, right, I know, that's, that's, doubt, that's low, right? That's a very low estimate, I understand that. Um, but if you would admit to sinning once a day, and if you, in 70 years, you'll have committed over 25,000 sins. So what's twice a day? <laughs> that's 50,000. Three times a day? 75,000. You understand? So yes, our sins are like the sand of the seed, you know, and that's just the way it is, folks. And and again, that that's the challenge. I guess it's always been that way, but it seems like today people just don't want to admit, um, you know, that they're sinners. And I look around this congregation, and I t- I know most of you fairly well. I know some. Of, I know your, some of your testimonies, and and so yes, you've come. You, you came to that point, but in your life. But um and so um. That's what I want us to think about As we go through this passage this morning, um, the fact that uh, the title of the message, A Sinner is Saved, and I think that, yes, I wanted to put, yes, I put an exclamation point because it's a big deal when somebody's saved, right? To me, there's nothing else in the world that is as, as great as somebody being saved. You know, there aren't too many things I see in the Bible where it says that there's rejoicing in heaven. I don't see too many places where it says the angels rejoice over specific things, But Jesus will say, and we'll get to that hopefully someday in Luke, that there's rejoicing in heaven. There's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Right? And so praise God for that. You know, and the Lord Jesus Christ has been already traveling around. In Israel, he's been preaching, and we're get. And what one of the things I really love about the book of Luke is that there are several examples just like this, you know, several real life incidents of people being saved. Right. So let's go through. Let's get at it here. Right now, so we want to take a look at the sinner uh, in verses thirty six to thirty eight. But but before, there's actually two sinners in this passage that are mentioned and it says and one of the Pharisees notice the invitation and one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him so one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him and he went into the Pharisees house and sat down to meet so the Pharisee invited him into his house now May I just stop for a second and, and, and speak on that particular thing? The Pharisee invited him. Now, let me ask you a question: Did Jesus know the Pharisee's heart? Yes. But you know what? He went. He went to the Pharisee's house, and I don't think he sent scouts ahead to see if there was any you know anything wrong in the house that you know stuff. He just went we you know we rail, and we've been talking about this too. We have a tendency; we rail on the Pharisees. We really do, and and some of that is deserved. But we got to watch out. You know, are we like them? We're going to. I'm going to talk about that just a, a little bit more here in a minute. But he went. He went and sat down to meet to eat to, to, at the meal. Now, from what I've read of the history of the day and the culture. Um, When people sat down, there would be food on the table, and they would sort of, like, they would recline to eat. Um, And and I, you know, kind of something like this, that they they would be by the table, they might even lean on a hand, and they'd eat with the other hand. And so that's important when you realize what happens as this woman comes in. So let's go on. And behold, a woman in the city... Uh, which was a sinner. And I'm going to call her the intruder because to the Pharisees, she was an intruder. She, was an un, she wasn't an un—she was even a guest. She was an unwelcome intruder. All right? But she, notice the Bible says, a woman which was a sinner. I want to just cons- dwell on that for just a moment. This woman was a sinner. And there's a couple things I want to mention about that. The word that's translated sinner here is the word... Where we, where we get the term hemardiology, the you know, the, the doctrine of sin, the doc and so on. Um, the word simply means um, one who violates God's will or law, or it means an absolute moral failure. Those two definitions. Now, Romans 323, for example, for all have sinned, it's the same word, for all have sinned and come short. Of the glory of God, and we know that verse. I mean, that verse. I hope it's not so familiar that it's it you know it loses its power, loses the truth. And in fact, when we give the gospel, that's we, that's a verse that I always come to very quickly, right? And uh, in the in the in the present presentation of the gospel, all right, all have sinned, okay, and that's a blanket statement, because it is true, every human being has sinned, but there's another aspect of that word, another definition, to be an absolute moral failure, and when they said this woman, which was a sinner, that's what they're talking about, Um, it means a woman of ill repute, So it's not talking about general sin. It's talking about the fact that she was immoral. All right? Now, and you notice that she was known to be a sinner. Now when she heard, or knew rather, that Jesus sat at me in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. So she came in there. She came into the house. She heard. She found out. Jesus was there. And she went in. And I'm going to submit right now, before I start to forget it, that this was, not, this was not the first time that she had heard about Jesus. I am convinced that she had already heard Jesus teach. By this time, remember, the Bible says that he's already been traveling around preaching the gospel. All right? She's heard the gospel. I'm 100% convinced she heard the gospel. And that's what prompted her action. All right? All right, let's go on. So what did she do? Notice her the remorse of this woman. All right? Her reputation was that she was a sinner. Now, the next thing it says about her is that she brought in an alabaster box of ointment. This was a very expensive container of a fragrant oil. Later, in Jesus' ministry, this is not the same account. This is not Mary, Lazarus' sister, all right? Much later, in Jesus' ministry, Uh, Life and ministry as he was in Bethany Jesus is in Galilee here in Bethany Lazarus sister Mary also poured anoint poured ointment on Jesus feet and John 12 3 says the house was filled with the odor of the ointment Okay By the way, I think it's Matthew that says that that took place in the house of Simon the leper now we have I know they're both named Simon but guarantee you, no, no leper could be a Pharisee, right? And so, anyway, so and I read one interesting comment from a Bible historian who sub, who submitted the and I don't. I mean, I'm not a sub, I'm not one of those that speculates. I really don't like to do that. But he just brought out the possibility that Mary may have heard of this incident and she this she did the same thing, and that was a couple years later. Okay. So, what did, but she brings it in. She has the ointment. Let's see what she. Let's see how she expressed her remorse. You know, we and we've got to be careful today because um, we we seem to we're so afraid of emotion. All right, uh, for the most part. And but this woman, she had godly she had godly sorrow, and she had repentance. She she so what does she do? Notice in verse thirty-eight she stood at his feet behind him weeping. And so when a person would eat, they would they would put they would kind of recline, their feet would be behind them, and so it'd be very easy for the woman to come behind him and, and kneel down and uh, and weep. Okay, she's weeping. Why is she weeping? She's weeping in sorrow and brokenness for her sin. Alright. And she was demonstrating a repentant spirit. Again, she knew who Jesus was and she knew what she was. But she went. I just I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if we can even begin to appreciate. I was I just was blown away again, if you mind if you don't mind me saying that, when I thought about this woman, her determination, knowing Knowing that she was breaking every social law in Israel, you don't go to anybody's house uninvited, especially you don't go to a Pharisee's house. But that was her determination to get to Christ. By the way, Jesus said, Nobody comes to him unless the Father draws. And so he, she was drawn. There's all, all kinds of theological things that we could bring in. But I don't want, you know, and it's great to do that. So she's weeping, sorrow for her sin, repentance. She also it says she began uh, to wash his feet with tears. And did wipe them with the hairs of her head. This demonstrated her, humil- her, her humility, worship, and adoration for the Lord. Now, all these things—that this is why I said at the very beginning—this was not the first time she'd ever heard of Jesus. Okay. And then it says this: and she kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. This she recognized him and honored him as the Lord and Messiah the anointed one why did she anoint his feet and not his head well because she she knew she shouldn't she wasn't worthy to do that prophets anointed the servants of god with oil in the in the head and so forth she anointed his feet, and that was, the, that was the, the most supreme act of worship and recognition that he deserved the honor and glory of God, and he's the Lord, and he's the Messiah, and she's given him all the honor that she can possibly give him. And that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I think of that hymn, I Gave My Life for Thee. Jesus, it's, it's written as if Jesus is the one saying it, you know. Um, and ha, what hast thou given for, to me, all right. This woman literally gave everything she had, all right. She gave to the Lord, she, she bowed, she, you know, she did all these wonderful, wonderful things. And she was, resi- I guess, you know, I could just dwell upon this lady forever. And she did not care what anybody else thought, all right. Now today, we give invitations, and I do. We give opportunity, you know, the evangelist and I'm not making fun. You know, it's close your eyes. Everybody bow your head, close your eyes. Don't want anybody to see. We don't want to make anybody ashamed. <laughs> Jesus didn't do that. He called them out, you know. Anyway, I, 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 I'm, not trying, I'm not trying to be sarcastic, but, you know, we, we, it's not like a hush-hush thing. You know, don't let anybody know that you're under conviction. Oh, my. Not this dear lady. Well, she came right there in front of everybody, right? And obviously, she attracted some attention because now we want to take a look at her surrender as Jesus com- or comments on what she has done. But before that, we take a look at the indignation. And now, rather, verse 39, when the Pharisee, which had bidden him, saw it. Obviously. I mean, Jesus is the guest. I was going to say guest of honor, but he really wasn't, as we're going to see in a moment. He wasn't an honored guest, all right? Why the Pharisee invited him, we don't know. Curiosity, whatever. But Jesus Christ was not an honored guest in the Pharisee's house. We'll prove it from the passage here in just a moment. But he was, people were watching him, and the Pharisee, I mean, he saw it. He, I can't imagine. I put indignation. doesn't say he was angry, but I'll tell you what. He was torped over what he saw. This was, this, this was not allowed, all right? And so he said, this is what he said. Well, he didn't say anything. The Bible says <laughs> he spake within himself. In other words, he didn't say anything out loud, but we would say he said it under his breath. And he's thinking, and this is what's going through his mind. Here's what he said: "This man by the way, that's not a term of respect, if he were a prophet, any, if he was really a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him. for he she, rather, she is a sinner. I mean that's, that's how he thought. I mean he's thinking about it in a scornful way. And how could he? If he were a prophet, would have known. And um, well, I don't want to make a lot of comments on that. Obviously, this Pharisee's his he's has a hardened heart. He has a wicked heart he does not appreciate or respect the Lord Jesus Christ you know by the way um, you know she he went to the pharisee's house he accepted the invitation but he also allowed the woman to do what she did he never rebuked her he, he never tried to stop her he welcomed her worship and her remorse and her repentance so by the way he knew He knew exactly who and what manner of woman she was. At another point, Jesus was challenged because he he ate with publicans and sinners and so on, and his response was, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners repentance. That's Luke 5.32. We already were there a few weeks ago. And so this is what the Lord said. I didn't come to call the righteous. Because you know why? There aren't any righteous. And I used to say, well, that's because he's talking about self-righteousness. No, he's just saying, like, you know, I I didn't come to call the righteous. so, yes, people who are self-righteous, it's very difficult for them to come to the Lord. There has to be a deep conviction of sin upon their lives, you know. Now, in the book of Acts, it talks about some Pharisees who believed, and it talked about some priests who believed. So it did happen, right? Case in point, S-A-U-L, Saul, Saul and he says I receive forgiveness because I did it ignorantly in unbelief all right so so anyway so he said and Jesus Christ knew who and you know what manner of woman she was and she he welcomed her so Jesus and it gives an illustration. Verse 40, And Jesus answering said unto him, I call this, by the way, the interruption. Jesus interrupted his thoughts, Simon's thoughts. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And I see Jesus says, you know, I've, got, I have, I've got something I have to tell you. And he said, Master, say on. In other words, okay, say it. Say what you want to say. Master, by the way, means teacher. And again, it's not always a term of respect. All right? In this case, it probably wasn't. So here's the illustration. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. One owed him one owed five hundred pence, and and the other fifty. So in other words, um, the one guy his debt was ten times higher than the other. You could say, you know, $500, I suppose, to 50. Here he says 500 pence, 50 pence. So they both have a debt to the creditor. Of course, the creditor here represents God. And when they had nothing to pay, he had nothing, they they had no resources, they couldn't pay it, he frankly forgave them both. So he canceled the debt. The word frankly means he frankly forgave, simply means he extended grace, he canceled the debt. He didn't say, I'll give you 30 more days. I'll give you another year. He said, no, just the debt is forgiven. The debt is canceled. You don't owe me anything. All covered. All right, question. Here is the pertinent question. Tell me, therefore, Jesus says, tell me, therefore, Simon, tell me, which of them will love him most? So, here's the thing in this parable in this illustration these are two debtors they're, they're on they're on they're, ev- they're on even they're even they're even so to speak you know they're both sinners you know one had well, they're both debtors I mean you know one had a lot more debt than the other okay well so he says Simon simple question right You know, those Jesus had a way of answering or asking those simple questions to cut right to the heart of the matter. Which of them will love him most? Which one will be more have more gratitude? Which one will be more thankful? Which one will love him more? Simon answered and said, "I suppose, (laughs) you know, that he to whom he forgave most, right." And I kind of, I can't help, I see the Pharisee kind of reluctantly answer. He probably figures, I don't know if he knew Jesus Christ well enough yet to think that he might be in trouble here. But, you know, I suppose that he to whom he forgave knows. He's probably thinking, oh, there's a lot more to it. Or i got to have more details. You know, that's how we are. But Jesus said, no, just a simple question. And he said unto him, Jesus said, thou hast rightly judged. In other words, right answer. You have discerned the answer. What you say is the truth. Now, how about the application? The illustration is of two debtors, couldn't pay, the creditor forgave them both. Who's going to be more grateful? Who's going to love more? The one who had the most forgiven. She said, right, right, right. Now remember... Every parable that Jesus gave had a spiritual spiritual meaning, a spiritual principle. And so yes, let me say this right up. Every sin is sinful in the sight of God. Some people have a greater load of sin. Some people have a greater debt of sin. If that were not the case, there would be no need for books in heaven to be opened at the great, right, great white throne judgment. And, there, and Jesus talked about those who, who knew the Lord's will and didn't do the Lord's will will be beaten with many stripes. He that didn't know the Lord's will... And didn't you know? And, and didn't do it will be beaten with fewer stripes. So there's and, I, and there's an indication in scripture. And I don't know how this is possible, but God does. That there are degrees of punishment in hell. It's not the same for everybody. Now it's still going to be awful. I don't, I don't and I don't know, but I'm telling you. I mean, this isn't my word. This is not my opinion. This is Jesus. This is Jesus' words here. All right. <clears throat> so. He turns to the woman. He turned to the woman and said to Simon, points to the woman, Seest thou this woman? I love it. <laughs> yeah, well, I wish I didn't. I wish I could pretend I didn't see her. <laughs> but he didn't want to see her. He didn't want to be called in, in, into account here. So I want you to notice, I said earlier that Jesus Christ was not an honored guest in this house. And now here's why. In those days, in that culture, there, was, there were certain things that a host would do to show honor to a guest, right? It goes, and Jesus goes from, he uses it because this is what the woman did in this order, but it's also the fact that these gestures that a, that a host would extend to a guest are in kind of an ascending order of honor, if, if you get what I mean. You'll get it here in a minute. Seest thou this woman, verse 44, I entered into thine house, thou gavest me no water for my feet. That was the least honor, that was the least that was a common courtesy. That was expected for almost anybody who came, if you and I had a house back in those days because of the dusty roads and so on, and people wearing sandals or barefooted, when they'd come into our house, they'd have dirty feet, and the common courtesy was you would provide a basin of water and a washcloth and a towel, and, and maybe you would have one of your house servants or whatever do the, do the task of washing their feet. That was just common courtesy. What did Jesus say? You didn't, you didn't give me, you gave me no water. He didn't even give me the the most common courtesy. But she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Number two, verse 45. Thou gavest me no kiss. If you wanted to honor somebody a little bit more, you would give them a kiss on the cheek. And probably both, you know, they would kiss them on the cheek as a sign of welcome, as a sign of honor. Didn't do, you didn't do that. But this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. We already talked about the, the remorse, the repentance, and the honor that she gave him. Number three, verse 46. My head with oil thou didst not anoint. Now if you really wanted to honor somebody, you'd anoint, you'd put, you'd anoint their head with oil. She, he didn't do that. But this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Alright. Wherefore, I say unto thee. Now he's saying, again, who's he talking to? He's talking to Simon, the Pharisee. Wherefore, in other words, because of this, I say unto thee, her sins, which are many. Now again, Jesus said that her sins, which are many. So, question. Did Jesus condone her sin? Did Jesus overlook her sin? Did he ignore her sin? Did he act, did he say, act like it never happened? No, he said, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. Now that word for in Greek could be translated for or therefore, but the, what, it's, what it's saying is this, that the forgiveness was not a result of her love, the, love, the degree of her love was because of the forgiveness. That's, that is the whole structure of the verse there. The fact that she realized what a sinner she was and how merciful Christ was caused her to do this. And she understood that her only hope was the mercy and grace of Christ. All right, You know, it's not 99% grace and 1% me my efforts. It's not 90 or 80 or whatever. You know, it's 100% the grace of God. We add nothing to our salvation. We simply receive. All right? And that's not works. We hear the gospel. We believe it. We realize we're a sinner. We call out to Christ for mercy. And so what this woman did outwardly revealed what was already done inwardly. She had already confessed, repented of her sins. She had already understood that only Jesus could have mercy. Her sins which are many are forgiven for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven the same loveth little. Now, I I will say it, I'm convinced of this too from the words of Jesus Christ here that um, there are, he's saying, there there are people who don't realize how much they've sinned and and obviously the Pharisee would be one of them. And so the person who seems not to love the Lord very much, probably, without a doubt, it's because he or she doesn't realize, doesn't realize the depth of their sin, nor do they recognize the greatness of God's mercy. And this is all here. It's all here in this passage of Scripture. And again he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. That wasn't potentially, you know, that wasn't said figuratively, it wasn't as an object lesson. You know, he said, Thy sins are forgiven, period. You're saved. And, well, let's see what he says. Go on, let's, minute, hold on, get ahead. But he said, Thy sins are forgiven. What what do you think she came for? Forgiveness. And what did Christ grant her? Forgiveness. And they that sat at me with him, in other words, you know, there's a bunch of other people, began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? Now I want you to turn, let me see, where are we? we? Alright, let's go to Mark chapter 1 for just a moment. Keep your place, you're coming right back. I just want to show you <clears throat> some similar accounts. At, at one point remember when the four men brought somebody on a bed they couldn't get to Jesus so they cut, put a hole in the roof and let let him down and the Bible says Jesus seeing their face said to the man of the palsy thy sins are forgiven thee and it says so the people had indignation saying this man blasphemed well they don't do that here so I would submit to you that this statement their thoughts in Luke chapter 7 are more of amazement rather than of criticism. This, wow. And in Mark chapter 1 and verse 27, and they were all amazed, insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. There's amazement. All right? One other one. Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8 and verse 25. This is the disciples in the boat. And after he rebuked the the wind and the raging of the water, they ceased. There was a calm. And Luke 8, 25, when he said to them, Where is your faith? And they be being afraid wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even winds and water, and they obey him. So the people in Luke 7 said, and themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? See, the people are still thinking, who is, who is this man? Again, I would su- submit to you that that was not said in criticism, it's said in amazement. And then the last verse, he said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. How are we saved? By grace through faith. Therefore, being justified by faith. What's the next part of that verse? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice what He says: "Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Go in peace." Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What about all the baggage? That's a we, That's our problem. We look at people. Oh man. Oh man. Too much baggage in that life. Crazy. Jesus didn't do that. This. This. You know, to the woman who was caught in adultery, said, "Go and sin no more." But he realized he didn't even have to say this to this woman. She's, she's forsaken her already. She's, you know, she, when she came to Christ, she, saw, she said, you know, basically, she, uh, she, she's done with that life. And so Jesus says, go in peace. Go in peace. And so she had peace because of his forgiveness, because Christ granted salvation, forgiveness, and peace. Again, Romans 5:1 says, "Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ." Well, what is saving faith? Saving faith is acknowledging our sinfulness, that we need a savior, that we're lost. And that Jesus Christ died for our sins, he shed his precious blood, he died, he he was buried, he rose again, he ascended to heaven, and and faith is believing and calling upon him, trusting in him to save us, to cleanse us, to forgive us of our sins, make us a new creature in Christ, and bring us into a right relationship with him. By the way, the word translated peace in the Bible, it has the idea of tranquility, Harmony, reconciliation, because the enmity is taken away. Praise the Lord for that. Jesus on the cross, having made peace through the blood of His cross, to reconcile—that's what He did. And here's an example. Well, this is this I hope and I trust that you that you see this too as a as a precious presi- precious passage of God's word. And I realize, too, thankfully, that millions of sinners have been saved since the day Jesus Christ was on the earth. And there's going to be many more. Revelation says there's going to be some during the Great Tribulation, a multitude that no man can number. And are there false professions? Certainly there are. There were in the New Testament day, there are now. But don't let that take away from the fact that there are millions who have been saved since day one, if you want to put it that way so a couple of things as we close how about you who are hearing this today are you saved do you know Christ as your savior but then here's another challenge I want to leave out for my, for you and for me all right do you love much or little do you love much or little Jesus said if you love much it's because you realize you've been forgiven much if you love little, it's because you don't think you, you don't realize how much what your debt of sin is. We're going to get to someday if the Lord come, doesn't come first, and I sure hope He does. But if we might get, to, we may get to Luke twenty-three someday when the, the, the repentant thief said, "Lord, remember me when Thou comest into Thy kingdom." And Jesus said, "This day shalt Thou be with Me in Paradise." Praise the Lord for that is there someone here this morning who has strayed from the lord and needs to come back to him with all your heart are you willing to be like I'm not saying you no know, don't bring don't't don't, don't bring ointment you know and that kind of stuff I mean but but in your heart are you would you are you willing to do what that lady did bring it all to Jesus and put it at his feet and I and come back to him or again is there somebody here Who's never been saved? Suppose, and 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 by the way, I understand this town was are shopping is full of people like this, like that woman. Okay, and I, I kind of knew that when I when I believed that God was calling us to this area and specifically to this town. Um, you know, I had an idea what this town was like, but I didn't have any. I really didn't know the depths. And you know those towns, there's certain towns, and I've talked to people, and I'm just saying, I can you can you can mention certain towns and automatically a picture comes up. One of them is Mashop. And do you know that Procter and Gamble workers over there refer to this place as Sin City? Amen. Praise the Lord, that's because that's what we're here for. Noxon <laughs> that's another one. But you know, it's already everywhere. Anyway, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying. If, if, if we're trying to build, if we're trying to have a church here, and we are, and we're trying to minister to people, we've got to take sinners like this woman, all right? We can't say, go away, I don't want anything to do with you, you're scum. And I know some people feel that way. We mustn't feel that way. Because we're sinners just like them. And, and, and God, Jesus Christ will make the difference. And so, we need, let's keep that in mind, all right? Let's keep that in mind. Um, as we deal with this community, this town, and the area around it, okay? Um, all right, let's pray. Father in heaven, we're thankful for the word of God. I thank thee for the mercy of this of our dear Savior, Jesus Christ, and, and this lady, this woman, who was a sinner, but, yet, but she's not anymore. In fact, she's in heaven. <laughs> Jesus Christ saved her, and Father... Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. And we live in a lost community, no doubt about it. God, help us just grip our hearts with compassion, with mercy, for the people around us who are without Christ. And so, Lord, all kinds of sins, all kinds of just deep, deep, deep uh, seated sins and and that sort of thing. And, and not to overdo things, Lord, but I, I do believe that this community is, is in the grasp of Satan. Um, Lord, help us to be the instruments to break that hold. And Lord, I thank you for this account. What a precious, precious account of a sinner saved by grace. And we're thankful. And Father, if there are those here who need to be saved or need to come back to Christ, not, lose, not, not having lost their salvation but gotten out of fellowship, please work as needed today people to respond in Jesus name Amen well let's take our hymn books please and and um, number 252 and, and the invitation is open um, if the Lord has spoken to your heart today um, 252 only trust him you can if are you here? Are you here today? Any, somebody here this morning? Let's start off. Number one, never trusted Christ as Savior. This is your opportunity. And if you're, or if you're here and you were saved, you know, maybe years ago, whatever when you were saved, but you've gotten away from the Lord, and you need you want to come back to Him. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've got sins in your life that you want to get rid of. Um, that's certainly appropriate. So let's stand. We're going to sing all three verses. And I will encourage you today, I am encourage you to walk forward and let us have somebody go with you and take the word of God and, and deal with whatever the sin issue in your life may be, alright? We'll sing all three verses of Only Trust Him.
1: Every soul by sin oppressed, there's mercy with the Lord. And He will surely give you rest by trusting in His Word. trust Him, only trust Him, only trust Him now. He will save you, He will save you, He will save you now. I right, verse 2, we invite you to come. For Jesus shed his precious blood, Rich blessings to bestow, Plunged now into the crimson flood, That washes white as snow. Oh! Only trust Him, only trust Him, only trust Him now, He will save you, He will save you, He will save you now, yes. Jesus is the truth, the way that leads you into rest. Believe in Him without delay, and you are fully blessed him, only trust him, only trust him now. He will save you, he will save you, he will save you now. Amen. Before we pray, just
0: mention again, we're the service is ending, but the invitation is not. If we can help anybody, we would love to do that and also appreciate Joshua playing the organ. Um, It's a great addition and praise the Lord for it. Father, we're thankful for the day. We're thankful that we could be here this morning and look into the precious word of God and, and just to see our merciful and compassionate Savior and reminder of what he did for every one of us. And Father, that we might be spiritually in our hearts like that dear woman, and her remorse, her repentance, her faith, and Jesus Christ pronouncing upon her, thy sins are forgiven. Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Lord, just deal with us, Lord, work in our hearts by your powerful spirit through the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.